in Jacksonville, like the Jags, like do this thing where they yell blue <laughs> ball really loud and like people respond back to it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, it's weird. And I was like, watch, watch, watch. Duval. 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 Yeah. Like, Welcome to Profession Session, the number one business podcast in Florida. I'm your host, Brody Vincent, and my guest today is Devin Carvajal. Devin, thank you so much for joining me. Brody, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. You're involved in a lot of different creative pursuits. So I guess we could start with just how you started with your career and go from there. Sure. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm the social media graphic designer for the Jaguars, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Go Jags. Go Jags. Uh, my team as well yeah oh yeah kind of a interesting story i went to unf that's where i graduated from did the um graphic design program there i never touched graphic design photoshop any of that stuff until i started my first day of, really? of design schools i was always creative i was always uh an art. i could draw and just kind of did it as a hobby but i knew i was creative i knew i always wanted to do creative stuff and i never really even thought of sports as like an outlet because you know at the time, now times have changed, but at the time, you know, it was always just what was on the field and shit. At the time, my, in my head, the players are making the graphics for all I know, you know, at the time. So, right. So um, you never really know until you kind of get behind the scenes and see stuff. Right, right. People have no idea that there's a whole little office down in the damn uh, stadium. That's where, yeah. that's where we all work out of. That's where all the, the coaches, the marketing, sales, everything happens in that building. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that either. Yeah, everything happens in that stadium. There's... Um, I mean, everything, everything. So, so majored in graphic design, but hadn't really got into it before. What led you to choose that as your major? You think, <laughs> to be honest, I was like, damn, you know, I really want to be creative, but I want to make money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and a lot of art careers, man, are, it's tough unless you're a prodigy or I don't know what, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I don't know, but I, I knew graphic design was profitable. I knew mm-hmm. that everybody needs one. Yeah, everyone needs one. A lot of routes to get into a good career right. that way. And I was making logos. People would ask me to make logos before I even considered graphic design. They just asked me to make logos because I was an artist. Yeah. So I was you like, just kind of draw something up and right. go from there. And I look at the logos I used to do, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah, like I'm sick. But uh, you know, I, I said, all right, how can I do this? Make money and like live a decent life and still be creative. And so graphic design and, and UNF just hap- so happened to have a graphic design program. I did FSCJ, did two years of that. Mm-hmm. And then when I transferred, I did two years there. Um, but when I started college, I didn't even think of graphic design. I think I wanted to be a physical therapist or something. Okay. And, and then that fell through because they changed it to where I'd have a, a doctorate degree. And I was like, I don't want to do all that shit. Did you have kind of a background in sports? No. Just kind of like fitness in general? No, man. I was like, so I'm the youngest of like four mm-hmm. and my, like I have a sister and two older brothers and you have my brother Chris on here and they were all athletes. My sister, cheerleader, my brother's baseball, football, man. I was the one <laughs> just never, never got into sports, man. Never got into it. Uh, but I was always drawing. Chris will tell you, I was used to draw under the stairs when I was a kid. You really? Know? Okay. It's like a, just naturally drawn to, uh, art and, and, and that creative space. I yeah. Just was always drawn to it. So when college came around, it kind of just gave me that opportunity to turn it into my career. That's awesome. Yeah. So what, what does being a creative mean to you? This is a question I've asked before and I feel like there's kind of a different answer in there for everyone. Right. I mean, right, right. it's a different kind of pursuit in many cases. What does just being a creative mean to you though? I mean, a creative can span, I think throughout any field, right. You know, you gotta be creative when people, th- I feel like when people think creative, they think creative in the sense of art, mm-hmm. because obviously that's the word that it's tossed around the most. But creative can exist in a sales department. You know? Yeah, create Chris, my brother Chris is creative in the way that he's able to come up with ideas. You know, so I think a creative is a somebody who can find a solution for something in a different way. Looks under the rocks, looks in the crevices for an answer. Detail oriented. Right. That right. kind of thing. Is Looking it, for different alternatives. Mm-hmm, that if like I put you in a room with three items, you find a way to turn that into a rocket or you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's just somebody who can can look at something and doesn't just see one answer, but see several, you know? I mean and creative in my world is not just somebody who can do one thing. Mm-hmm. A Swiss army knife. Somebody who can 
design, you know, ideate, you know, from start to finish. And, and so that, that, I mean, like I said, it, it can exist anywhere, man, but a creative is just someone who just thinks not just outside the box, but like outside of this universe's box. I like that perspective. It's very encouraging to creatives. I feel like too, because it means there's a lot of different avenues out there as a creative. You oh, can go a lot of different directions with it. hundred percent, man. Nowadays, the culture of creatives is changing. I feel like a lot of people nowadays, I feel like, you know, cared a lot about who's, who's in front of the camera and who's, who's on the graphic, but now the, the culture switching where people want to know who's behind there. Yeah. Who's making that? Who's, who designed this? Whose idea was this? Exactly. Um, and that's you for the Jags. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not just me, man. We have such a great team. Um, but I, I mean, there really is no other satisfaction than like creating, like having something that you know is a golden piece and you mm -hmm. make it and you put it out there and it just gets eaten up. That's awesome. That's how I feel when like one of my clips does well from the podcast yeah. or something like that is just something I've spent hours kind of putting together and thinking through. It's, mm -hmm. it's definitely a cool space in that way where you get to really be directly recognized and rewarded for a lot of hard effort and right. good work. Right. And you know, it's even funny too. Sometimes it's stuff that you don't put that much effort into that it is kind of the, funny the like best, that, you know, it's and stuff that you think is like, ah, I, I mean, I'll put this out there, but this was not my best work. I spent and, five, 10 minutes on it. And I hate when someone like, I'll do a piece like that and they'll be like, Oh my God, how <laughs> did you, how did you come up with that? I'm like, I don't know. I just did yeah. it and I put it out there. I can't, why do you like this so much? It just like, happened. But you know what? Sometimes it's just the way it works, man, which can get aggravating because the stuff you do put your heart and soul into sometimes doesn't get that love. You know? It's true. It's a, you know, a creative pursuit is always going to have a lot of ups and downs mm -hmm. like that. hundred percent. How do you, what do you attribute your ability to kind of deal with those kind of ups and downs to? Well, yeah, in this industry, you got to have tough skin. You got to have, um, you know, you got to be able to take criticism. And sometimes I will admit for me, it's tough because I do think I know best sometimes. And yeah, <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> I definitely need my come to earth moments, but you just got to have tough skin and you got to learn to work with others and you got to learn how to, that, you know, not every idea you're going to put out is going to get taken the same way by everybody and, and working in social media mm -hmm. where you can read the comments, you could read the replies, you know, you kind of can gauge how it hits. And Absolutely. Sometimes there's people who just take it the wrong way or there's people that truly love it. I remember when I first started on the social team, like, and last year was tough, mm -hmm. you know, with everything going on, um, on the field. And so just sitting there reading it. I remember it got really tough. Right. Like, I, yeah, like maybe like five or six weeks into the season, like just reading all the negativity, reading all the comments. And like we read them. Like for everybody out there who mm -hmm. comments stuff on the post, yeah. we read it. The social team, we read it. And, um, you know, it was tough. But, you know, you got to learn how to like separate yourself from on-field, off-field. You can only control. Exactly. I can only control what the graphic looks like. But the stats on it, that ain't my business, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of the stats, do you do a lot of deep dives into the analytics? You mentioned looking at them a little bit, but mm -hmm. yeah. maybe what are like some important ones that you like to focus on? So um, obviously we like to share, like see what, what hits, like like stuff that's, the likes are the first thing we're going to look at. Mm -hmm. uh, the shares come next. Um, we're always in competition. I see it as a competition at least with every 31 other teams yeah and we were trying to find out who's gonna make the who's making the best who's making the phoniest what's getting shared exactly you know when stuff goes viral you know when you get those viral tweets mm -hmm. or you know when the, when when the sports illustrated espn are sharing them that's yeah. how you know you've created something like truly truly good one of the teams that does it really well the chargers man they, they yeah oh their yeah. stuff is awesome they had that um they had like some anime video or something yeah, that they did that yeah. got like, I remember like their schedule, huge recognition. Their schedule release video was insane. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> but, they had like all the players kind of Photoshopped into the video and everything. That yeah. was great. Yeah. That's, um, it's funny. Cause one of the, that the schedule release video is like one of those competitions mm -hmm. that like is, you probably wouldn't know it if you didn't work in the league, but like right. I, every social team, every marketing department is trying to come up with the best. They want to be like the they, one that's talked about. Right. And obviously the Chargers rocked that one this year. Are there any other kind of notable competition moments throughout the season like that? Is that kind of the biggest one that stands out? I would say that one is probably the one that like tests your social team and your marketing team's abilities. Um, I would say just week to week in mm -hmm. game, you know, you're not just, I feel like the way I look at it when I'm sitting in the press box on yeah. one side and I know the other team's press box on the other side, depending on whether you win or lose, whoever's 
whoever's got the fastest guns on the on the tw- on the Twitter fingers is where. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know I'm saying like, I would imagine it's it, very it, much it, all hands on. It feels on so nice. I'm not the one who's tweeting, mm-hmm. you know, but we're sitting there, we're all talking. You it's know? all part of the it's team. It's all part of. We're all like, you know, our social team's pretty pretty solid we're a social digital team is about mm-hmm. i want to say six seven of us I'm okay that's a pretty sure. solid size team yeah yeah i'm just a, so, so i just do all of our graphics you know mm-hmm. and our you know i'll make a meme here and yeah. there uh we have a videographer cam hicks who's like come in and just rocked the world like like from his first week he's like the me but video yeah video side he's super great cam the shooter shout out cam the shooter um you know so we're like our content we're like the content mm-hmm. guys who like make the shit yeah um, and then you got like the, the guys that are actually doing the posting, yeah. the strategic posting, tweeting, all right. that stuff. We have a Mont, Mont, shout out Lotto. Um, and we have Charlie, who's our social media manager. Uh, those guys are, you know, the caption Kings, you know, they're, they're yeah. helping us come up with ideas. They're, they're keeping us on schedule. They're, they're, you know, they're putting out, they're posting on all platforms. Uh, just got to optimize for the platform. Yeah. You know? And it's all got to tie together. Right. Right. So anyway, so brand consistency and all that. Correct. Correct. And. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not, man. But what I love about our team is that we would we are what most people would call, I guess, a small market, man. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's we've really done a good job at creating a voice for the team. I feel like. How long have you been on now? Because I definitely have noticed like a sizable difference in just the level of content quality. Right. So I started. I was an intern for a year on the foundation, and then I was an intern for another year on the design team okay and then i got and then um they wanted to expand the social team because it was really a small team at the time Mm -hmm. i remember there just not being anywhere near as much content just not really as well thought through it kind of felt very much like put something out just to Mm -hmm. put something out yeah and and because we didn't have the manpower yeah you know and at the time you know when i was working as a design intern and as a designer if you wanted to get a social graphic done you had to put in a request for it and who knows if it got done in time um, but they wanted to add a bit of quickness and speed. So they brought me in to be that kind of quickness. So if we needed yeah. a stat graphic right there, boom, if, the, if, a, if a meme started trending, mm-hmm. I'm there to make it right there. So it was adding it. that amount of speed and creativity in there as well. So I, I'm still a designer. I'm not technically on the design team. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of our social digital team as like a small ad agency almost. Yeah. You know? That's what it sounds like. Honestly, you yeah. got a few different areas all kind of working right. in, in Congress together. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not just me. Like we have designers, but mm-hmm. I'm the one designer for this team. Like we have videographers, but we have one videographer that works for us. So it's like mm-hmm. having a small little content and our team also runs the website. Runs the okay. Platform. So we're like a little, we're like a little marketing company almost. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, props to you and the team because it really has, you know, obviously I've been a Jags fan my whole life. I moved to Jacksonville for the first time when I was like four. So Jags fan, since I started watching football and I've obviously always kind of followed them on social media, it really has taken off the last few years. Thanks. I've enjoyed the content a lot. Awesome. Yeah. My, I mean, I work, I'm only able to do what I do with this team we got. So they make me better. They make us better. And I'm, and I mean, obviously you see the content, so I'm glad to hear that we're doing a good job, especially from Absolutely. when I hear what really brings me joy is when I hear from a lifelong fan yeah. who will come up to me and they'll be like, I have been a diehard fan my whole life and the stuff has never looked better. And That's that, awesome. That, that brings me, that, ma- that makes me feel good. That's my pat on the back. That's how I feel. I love it. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree with that stance on it. Yeah. So Talking about kind of going back to, you know, we talked about the brand consistency and you've got to have the team kind of working together. What are some of the challenges that you've found there and how do you work through that as a team? Because I'm sure it's not all smooth sailing. No, There's never. different opinions and all that. Right. And, and, you know, not every idea can come to life. You know, not every idea is going to get approved. You know? Yeah. Um, but what we've been able to do is create trust um, mm-hmm. within the, the people who say yes and the people who say no, like they trust us completely. And that's not just uh, with, you know, the, our directors, but it's with the players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's with the coaching staff. You know, we're able to do these little social projects with these players and these athletes because they see what we're doing and they see that it's doing well and it brings shine to some guys that, who don't get a lot, you know, it's an opportunity yeah. for us to highlight, not just the Trevor Lawrence's of the team, but you know, the, the maybe not so well-known guys, the fifth, sixth round picks, you know, the, sure. the guys, the, the undrafted guys, like, um, that's one of our goals is to really like emphasize player 
personality and turn these guys from not just they're not just athletes with numbers on their backs you know these are human beings you get to know them a little right. bit through the content these guys have hobbies these mm -hmm. guys have loves and likes and um that's very cool however we can highlight that is is awesome what are some ways that you've been able to move towards that goal a little bit more is it kind of oh, interviewing players talking yeah. to them a little bit more so we're able to kind of find out we always like to see what guys are doing what they're into off the field mm -hmm. try to incorporate that you know um one of the most recent ones was um uh we did a piece about j2 fele who's um a lineman he was drafted last year and he uh we just highlighted his culture he's of uh, uh, i think he's a samoan descent and, cool. and he uh we did a whole piece on him and it was just so nice to be able to bring out that little bit we interviewed him in his home he showed us pieces of his culture and his history we learned about him we learned about his family so it was just really nice to you know take somebody who maybe feels like they might not have the most shine and mm -hmm. put and highlight their life you know or um content pieces like maybe your um mental health awareness month piece yeah. is really great uh, with Tyrell Adams, we interviewed him, talked about what mental health meant to him. And, and that, you know, it doesn't just get, we don't just get love from the people, but those mm -hmm. players, like other players see that and they're like, how can we be a part of this? Like, how can we help do that? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you play fantasy football at all? I do. I played it for a while. I, I started playing it a few years ago. I actually won a couple of times, but, um, I sucked last year, but I'll probably play again this year. It's a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I, I got second place at a pretty competitive team my first year and then since that I've I, I always make playoffs but I mean it's just hard yeah like it's, 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 it's a lot of like I mean I think we work. can as like we work for the NFL so obviously we can only do we can we're allowed to play just like up to a certain amount of money like we can't go, yeah we can't that go makes too, sense we can't go too crazy and I don't really know any insider secrets you know people are always like yo help me out with my fantasy yeah I'm like bro I just know I just know what number this this is you know what I'm saying I don't know exactly I don't know what they're gonna do this year you know, yeah not, you know well, I ask about the fantasy football because one thing I've found since I started playing is that it gives you a much deeper appreciation for each individual player. Oh, right. Like for example, I mean, you know the you mentioned like Trevor Lawrence, like you know the big stars, the quarterbacks pretty easily. Everyone kind of knows about them. You hear about it through like draft news and everything like that, right. even when they're in college usually. Mm -hmm. But just highlighting all the players like that, I think is really cool because it gives you such a deeper appreciation of the game. Oh, yeah. And, and that's also what helped me learn before I was even working in sports. Like fantasy football was a way to like learn about and it makes you interested in each game. Each exactly. I, I always think about um, uh, Marvin Jones. Mm -hmm. I used to have Marvin Jones on my team almost like every year, I think, since I started playing. Yeah. When he moved to Jax from Detroit, I was like, that's Marvin Jones. Exactly. That's like, like I remember being at Detroit and like, he was always one of those kind of like borderline guys where he was like, consistent. Is he a double? He, he had his he wide receiver three, two. He might be a two sometimes. Like he was, he always, I think I always had him on my team. So it's so funny. Now he, now he's there. I think Jamal yeah. Agnew too is another one that I mm -hmm. always kind of kept. Up I remember with. seeing him a lot too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. Fantasy helps. If you're not a sports fan, fantasy football is a really good way to start. A lot of my friends have really gotten into football through it. I mean, I kind of grew up watching it and started playing it early and just, you know, strengthened my love of the game from mm -hmm. there. But, like, if you've never played it and you start with fantasy, it's a good way to take it from just, like, a social fun thing to really loving the game. Right, right. Oh, we, we get together for the draft. And yeah. That kind of stuff. I exactly. Love I love it. Yeah, I do love it. So we kind of skipped ahead a little bit. Let's go back to your time in college. So graphic design major, you graduate from that. Did you start that internship with the Jags at first while you were still in college? Yeah. Yeah, so I – um was working at Lululemon. I used, okay. to work, I used to work at Lulu right there in the town center. I worked there for years. It's a great company to work for. Shout out Lulu. Um, They've got great stuff. I'm, I'm draped in it right now. I love, there you I, go. Love, I love that Lulu. And anyway, um, so I worked there for a while. And then um, when I was working there, I met a man. Uh, his name's Adriel Roca. He was the community relations manager at the time. Okay. And um, he would come in. I'd help him out with whatever he needed, you know, if he needed pants altered or something, you know, I just would help him out. And he was cool. We would shoot the shit and um, not that much older than I am. So, um, but one day he came in and he was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm looking for an intern. You don't really need to know anything about being in the community. You just, you know, kind of just need to do whatever I say almost, you know, yeah. very like kind of just, you know, I'd run errands. Just be there to learn. Yeah, just be there. And so as long as, long as I was teachable. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, and he was kind of used it and kind of sold me on it. I'm being like, well, it's just an opportunity for you to maybe get your foot in the door in the sports world. That's awesome. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do that. And so I did that internship and I was just like sold. 
ever yeah. since just sold. I was like, this is what I need to be doing. That's um, awesome. So I did that and I was able to kind of help out with their Instagram. That's kind of where I got started okay. on the door. I would help out with the foundation Instagram. Uh, I did a few design projects for them. Um, I worked with the design team and that's how I got to meet John Cassio, who's the creative director for the Jags. And John was like, you know, he let me work on some projects with him and then, um, COVID hit. That was when the internship ended around COVID time, like mid-2020 is when I graduated. So it was like a set timeline for yeah. the internship at first? Yeah, it was like kind of like before the season to a little bit after. But okay. Like, um, but a little bit after it went into COVID when COVID hit, literally like the week before, a couple weeks before I graduated. And um, I was doing that and then it was kind of dull. You know, obviously everything took a hit, everything could stop. But sports kept going. Sports mm -hmm. rose from the ashes. I mean, we thought, and, and that's just another thing I love about what I work in is that not even a global pandemic can stop people from wanting their fantasy football, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, with the NBA, too, they literally the set up an entire bubble of a city I mean, to play I'm, in. I'm a Heat fan. That bubble year was Me just too. phenomenal. Go yeah, go Heat. Phenomenal, Same teams. Phenomenal uh, year that year. But, yeah, so sports didn't stop. And so sports actually kept hiring. Mm -hmm. uh, design internship opened up uh, yeah. with the team. and. So was that a first-time position at the time? What, the... Uh, the design internship? They've done design internships before. That's pretty normal across. Okay. That's pretty standard across, but I guess they just needed the extra help. So yeah. I, luckily, I created that relationship with John. Mm -hmm. um, I almost blew it by asking him to help me out to go to another city. I almost... I, oh, I, wanted, really? okay. I, want, I wanted to go work in Chicago for a, a female reasons. I wanted, yeah. to go, <laughs> I wanted to go to Chicago, and that didn't work out. So I was like, okay... Um, maybe I saw that design internship open up with the tier and I was like, oh man, let me email John. And I emailed John and he was like, perfect. Moving yeah. you up to in-person interviews. I don't even know. He told me, I don't even know if I interviewed anybody else, you know. But, That's awesome. Yeah. So, Cause you had that foot in the door already. You right. had helped with a couple things already. Right. And he's seen the work I can do and he knows how passionate I am about what I do. And so hopefully I, I think it was a no brainer. So, um, got hired onto that. I did design work there. And then, um, while I was in there, I'm always, I'm pretty self-motivated, pretty mm -hmm. self like I'm going to make something even if nobody yeah. tells me to, because that's to me going to make you, that's going to make you stand out when you're not, yeah. if you're just a sin wing for orders, you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly. You need, you need to be ambitious and you need to be passionate about what you do or else. Especially with a high level organization, right. like an NFL football team. I mean, that's the kind of person there that they need on deck. Like yeah. They, and there's, and let me tell you, there are so many people who would kill for just that internship mm -hmm. or just that interview what people would kill for. So you got to put it in perspective that like you're not just you're you're lucky to work in sports because there's people who want this so badly and mm -hmm. I wanted it to, and I didn't realize that until I was in it because I to me it kind of to be honest it fell into my lap and I'm lucky for the that chance and that opportunity and I thank those people every day absolutely but there's people who really really want it you know where do you think that drive and that go getter attitude came from for you or where did you learn that Every day, my it was just a family dynamic that we have. We're just like, we're just goes. We just go, go, it's go. The culture we of the became, family. Yeah, we just like are non-stoppers. We I think just in our personality, by nature, and just by what we were raised on, like we just go. You know, my dad. I know Chris talked about how our father's Cuban and he, mm -hmm. he came here when he was very young, and you know he made something for himself and everything that he did. He became a police officer, and um, you know he says it all the time. He's like, there's nobody in this family who benefited more, you know, who bene who didn't benefit from me becoming what I am. And I, and I want to be able to say the same thing. You know, I want to be able to, uh, do what my dad did and provide and show that I'm not, you know, not a provider, but I want people to benefit from what I do just as much as I want to. I love that. You know, it's a powerful driving force, powerful reason. Yeah. That immigrant mindset is a very powerful thing on its own too. That's mm -hmm. a, a thing I've talked about a couple of times on this show. It's, yeah. it's a very powerful driving it is. force. It is when you see that where they come from, especially in a place like Cuba, where you can't really do much and that uh, ability to jump, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, you kind of get instilled in by your parents and you got to take the torch and run with it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, my mom is, was such a hard worker too, man. And but my mom, what was crazy about her is she could flip it. Uh like she could flip from business professional to being feared to like the goofiest. Yeah. Like fun. My mom was so good about like teaching me to work hard, but like play as hard. You know what I'm saying? I love that. Yeah. My dad That's... was always like work, 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 but my mom I live with my mom a lot. And so she was like, you know, she taught me how to play hard too. So yeah. I think I'm do a pretty good job of that. I'm not as serious. I try not to take life super seriously because life isn't that serious and you should you should have as much fun as you can. And it, that's why I love what I do because 
I get to make memes, you know, and yeah. yeah, I'm sitting at a desk, but man, I'm having the best time behind that desk. Cause exactly. the, stuff, the stuff that's coming out of it, it's, it's rewarding. Exactly. And I feel like having that perspective just lends to better work too, especially in the creative field. If you're, if you are taking it completely seriously and really just have that serious professional over the top professional mindset, right. the work's not going to be fun. I mean, it, you're making, yeah. you're making content that's meant to be enjoyed it's meant to right? be right exactly it's meant to be liked and it's meant to be shared and that's what mm -hmm. i that's man that's what i love like i truly believe that i am was put on this earth to do what i'm doing today that's awesome you know? like i truly truly love it. it it is a blast i mean like when i'm sitting behind the computer there's days where i would like just don't even want to work but there's days that i mean when i when it's done and it goes out and it gets accepted i'm just like yes yeah. And when you have ups and downs and, you know, there's going to be ups and downs in whatever you do, but if you have a powerful driving force and a powerful reason for why you're doing it and why you love doing it, mm -hmm. something you can always fall back yeah. on, which gotta, is really cool. In this industry, you got to be passionate. Absolutely. Gotta, in the sports creative industry, you need to be like, I, I at least think you need to be passionate because if you're not passionate about not just your craft, but your team, your city, you know, what are you doing? Exactly. There's, some, there's somebody else I think out there who who could probably do it better than because there's you, you got to be passionate. Passion is passion is everything in this industry to me. And you got to show up and bring that every day. Every day. Absolutely. There, like I said, there's a lot of people who want to do what I do, but I got to be louder than all of them. Mm -hmm. If not, I'm gone. You control your own job security that right. way. I'm cut. Right. Exactly. Got to create value in yourself. Exactly. So, working for an NFL team, you know, it's something that. You mentioned earlier, a lot of people don't really know a lot about the behind the scenes. Right. What are some kind of behind the scenes stories that stand out just from your time with the team? Sure. Um, definitely one of the things I've learned the most is that these players are just people. Yeah. Right. You know, like when I first started, they were really scary. So you start to learn that like they're they're just about as wide eyed and bushy tailed as we are when we mm -hmm. meet them, you know, and a lot of this is new. Um, I think one of my favorite like kind of behind the scenes moments like that. I, um, it was when we drafted Trevor. Yeah. And I've told, I tell the story all the time cause it just makes me laugh. But, um, it was his first day in, we flew, you know, we drafted him in ETN. I think we both, we flew them both in. Mm -hmm. And, um, so Trevor gets there there's this whole caravan of people waiting for him. I bet, yeah. And, um, so, you know, our job was to kind of just, and the social team wasn't what it, what it was now. Um, when he first got when there, when I started on the social team, um, so which was kind of cool because I had more role, right? I had to be, mm -hmm. I had to kind of be a bit more Swiss Army, um, and I still kind of do that. Like I'm not just a designer; like I do help out with the phone videos. I do help out, like I'm on the field, you know, just you know, little here's and there's. Whenever I'm needed, I'm called upon. <laughs> so whatever. Anyway, so it's Trevor Lawrence's first day, and he's coming in, and um, so I'm sitting in the room, and we're about to do a photo shoot, and it's me. Um, uh, Shane Santiago, who's um, the creative director at uh, Bravely, where it's like a they're an ad agency that we worked together, a marketing agency oh, that we cool. worked together with. We outsource for stuff uh, here and there, but Sh Shane's a great guy, and um, so we did a lot with them. We helped. We, we completely rebranded our look. We did it with them. It was me, him, uh, the photographer. I think it was James Gilbert is his name, um, and then our marketing uh, president or marketing officer, chief marketing officer mm -hmm. uh, Julian Duncan. We were all in the room. And so I remember, you know, we're sitting there waiting for him. It's just this white room with like the white backdrop and it's a small room. It was like one of the quarterback yeah. coaches room, small room. Here it comes. Here he comes walking in, dude. Like tall. Super tall. Yeah. Tall. I was like, oh, how tall is I'm, he? Like I'm, six, is he six, six, uh, six tall six. as fuck. Yeah. Six <laughs> tall as fuck. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all. I <laughs> and he comes in and he just is like, all right, let's take some pics. So I'm just sitting. I'm sitting, I'm just like, I'm just observing. I'm watching Shane do his thing. Shane's uh, directing him, like telling him what poses. You know, he's in full, and he's in full, this is the first time he's in yeah. full Jag uniform. And there, totally. he, there he is. And I just remember uh, being in that room and he's doing his thing and I'm just watching. And um, for like a split second, like we make eye contact and I just start laughing. And he, start, <laughs> and, he starts, and he starts laughing and I'm just like, I just can't, I just go, I can't believe this shit. You know? <laughs> I said something along the lines like, I can't believe I'm here right now. He goes, he's like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> you know, it's like, that was just like one of my favorite moments. Cause I'm like, dude, just as much as like, I'm in awe of him. Like he's yeah. probably like, what is going on? Right he's now? like, I'm in the NFL. NFL right. Yeah. You know, which is like, it's just crazy to kind of see that kind of yeah. like 
those real moments. Like they're just dudes. They're just That's dudes. That's a cool moment. Dudes with big bank accounts, man. Yeah. Just dudes with exactly. big bank accounts and athletic. And it's cool. I mean, you're you're the same age as me, and yeah. that's kind of the same age that a lot of these guys are coming in. Younger. It's a and little bit younger. And they're getting younger. They're like 22, 23. Yeah. So it's got to be cool to be kind of in that same area, same kind of mindset. Yeah. Ways, yeah. So. And like, you know, you meet guys and you start formulating relationships with them because they're like, yeah. oh, they're just your age, you know? And, and, and I'm pretty face to face with them uh, when we do like kind of camera stuff or so, any social projects or on the field, I'm kind of just in their face. So, which is nice because you get to form relationships with them. And like the more that they recognize you, the more they're willing to kind of mess around and kind yeah. of loosen up and come to the, come to the camera and, you know, do something great. You know, one it. of our most, like, I think one of our most viral TikToks was, um, one that was, uh, with Chris Claybrooks. We have two really popular ones with Chris Claybrooks. He's great on the camera. Um, and it's just like, from head to toe, and he's wearing the all teal uniform. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is my outfit for today. And like, <laughs> that TikTok went crazy. That TikTok went crazy. We didn't, yeah. win the, we didn't win the game, but the TikTok went insane. That's a win. And went insane. <laughs> I have pictures of me like filming it, and it's just like crazy to see like the the process. And then like, yeah, it just like I posted it on. That's like one of those pieces where it was like it took no effort. Yeah, posted it. Just I posted it. Form. Literally posted it while the game, like right at the start of the game. Didn't look at it. And when I opened my phone, it was already at almost a million views at the end of That's the day. That's crazy. So it just is one of those, like when we were talking about like pieces that just take no effort that end up popping. And that's part of the beauty, I feel like, of trying to highlight the players and their personalities, too. Oh, yeah. It speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. It's it's content on its own, yeah. and it's Some what the, people want to see. Definitely the coolest group of players that I've had a chance to work with. They're just all so cool, have so much to offer, and they're just really nice. Really nice. You know, no no big timers. Everyone's yeah. just really, really great. That's awesome. Just yeah. a nice, humble team. Cool, yeah. cool group of guys. Yeah, definitely the coolest group. Who are some of the best hangs on the team? Like cool dudes? Yeah, just... Most fun to hang out with. Man, Marvin Jones is a great guy. I love that guy. He's um he speaks Spanish, so we'll speak Spanish to each other every now okay, and then. Whenever cool. he sees me, he's like, Mi gente. I'm like, what's up, baby? <laughs> uh Jamal Agnew's cool. Jamal is super, super cool. Uh Trevor's really cool. Trevor's a really cool guy too to do stuff with, man. He's uh I've heard that about him. I've heard he's just like the most down to earth, mm -hmm. chill, oh, nice, yeah. cool guy. Yeah, very, very cool guy. Um J Rob's cool. I mean, there's just, yeah, a lot of them are cool. Even though, I, you know, I met some of the new guys that have come in, like Devin and, uh, and Trayvon Walker. I mean, those, I mean, like, just adding to the cool. Trad Muma's cool. Like, they're just a, we're just a great group just of guys. really nice. And, like, when they, we'll do, like, Jags cams, you know, where mm -hmm. we, like, ask them questions as they're walking out to practice. And when they see it, they, like, everybody, like, wants to be on one, you know? Yeah. So they all will run up and be like, oh, oh, man, let me redo that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, yeah, you just get to form relationships with these guys that people are, like, look at these guys like gods but it's like man they're just they're just dudes they're dudes they're just dudes who like football and get paid really yeah, well to do it exactly yeah. <laughs> i have an interesting question what is after they win a game obviously you're in the stadium you're there during the game kind of working on stuff mm -hmm. what is the cultural shift like when they come off the field after winning a game and they're just like electrified super hyped man last season we didn't have many right but we uh when we did get them, they hit even harder. Oh, yeah, my God, I remember the Dolphin game when we won in London mm -hmm. last year. There's a video on my Twitter I could probably find it of um, us where somebody was recording that field goal that Matthew Wright made to win that. the game, mm -hmm. and it's like 9 a.m. where because we had to get to the office at like because the game's super early. Yeah. So at this point, it's maybe like 10 or 11, but we got we got there like seven or eight in the morning. We're tired. We're all working. We, had, we only had two people go to London. I think Charlie, okay. Charlie and our videographer came mm -hmm. and went to London. So everybody else were like in a war room in the stadium watching it. And we just lose our minds. Like, yeah. you could watch it, like if you see the video I'm talking about, like we're hugging each other, like we're running around. I'm like, wait. And my boss is like, Devin, Devin, make the graphic. Make the graphic. <laughs> yeah. like, like, yeah, wait, I got to go in and like, get on the computer and I have to like whip up the, the W. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> Um, or like when we beat the Bills, that was one that just blew my mind. Like that no, was insane. nobody, everybody, no saw, one saw that. Nobody comment. saw that coming. Yeah. So I remember we're sitting there, and it's like the fourth quarter, and we're still up. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, do I make a win graphic? Like, yeah. what, like do I need to make a win graphic right now? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I start cooking. I'm sitting there, I'm watching. I'm, I'm cooking it up, and that was actually one of the most like viral pieces that we made too. We did. Um, there was that one meme where it's like Josh Allen, but it's like from the Jordan interview and it's like oh and, yeah it's like and i took that personally like, yeah josh allen's head i love that dude, that that piece like i had friends send me it was on the news it was on espn you know like that tweet went viral so that's like in those moments 
when you're when that adrenaline's running, yeah, you, who knows what comes to mind? But just I don't even think it's like we don't plan it. Sometimes exactly. we don't plan. Sometimes it's like you have no idea how the game's gonna go, right? So when in that moment where it's like, oh, God, what, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'm like yeah. freaking out, and but the adrenaline's pumping. You you, and sometimes that's where the best opportunities come to make great, yeah. great, great content. Get probably some of your best work in those like electrifying moments. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Were get, you in your internship it. yet when we had the season? I want to say it was. 2018 or 2019. This might have been before you were mm -hmm. with the team, I, where we I, had that one season. I started 29. The 25th season was the, the year I started. Was that before or after the season where we went to the AFC Championship? I was after. It was after. after. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. I was a Dolphin fan at the that. time, but okay. I can remember watching those games. I remember the city was, was super crazy. electric, man, and trying to hopefully rebuild and do that now. I was in Orlando during the time, still in college, and people you. Didn't even know knew what Jacksonville the city was. Right. We're yelling Duval yeah. from the rooftops. Like people know Duval, man. Yeah, I feel like dude, like that chant has become so popular. But Absolutely. like, I don't, I don't want to say recently. You know, I don't want to speak for Jacksonville. Right, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's people out there like, no, man, it's been. I know it's been a chant forever. But nowadays, man, you could yell Duval in the streets and someone might yell it back at you. you I went to Bonnaroo a few years ago up in Tennessee, mm -hmm. you know, far flung from Jacksonville. And I remember we saw someone with the Jaguars flag and we just yelled Duval. And we got we got yeah. the yell back and it was awesome. I went to Lala last year and I was wearing a T-Law jersey and I had yeah. a few people like, yeah, Let's go. I'm like, yeah, a lot of them were actually were Clemson fans. But I had like one, maybe two people uh, were like. Duval. Yeah. Like, Duval. I yell it. I, I mean, it's hard not to yell it. Exactly. It's, it. it's a, one of those things. It's, it's just, it hits. It's iconic. It's iconic. That's it. It's iconic. Yeah. I remember I was at uh, EDC Orlando one time and I was talking to a friend of mine. And I was like, yeah, man. In and I wasn't even working for the Jags. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, we're like, like the crap, the festival just ended and we're all like leaving, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, yeah, like in Jacksonville, like the Jags, like do this thing where they yell Duval <laughs> really loud and like people respond back to it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's weird. And they're like, she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, watch, watch, watch. Duval. And like the whole, yeah. like, everybody, I was like, oh, shit. And they all, yelled yeah. it, they all yelled it back. So, hey. You get it all over. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's one of those things. Like you said, it's just iconic. Yeah. Are you going to EDC this year, you think? I've been a few uh, times myself. It's a great yeah, time. I've been a few times. I was a, I mean, I'm from Miami, so I love the, uh, I love the that kind of, I love house, I love EDM, that kind of music. So, but I haven't been to a festival in quite, quite some time. I haven't either. I'm thinking about just picking it back up. It's been probably like three so years for me. But. Yeah, I want to do a bit. I want to like, I mean, like I said, I did Lollapalooza last year, which is awesome, and I love Chicago and I love that city. Mm -hmm. um, and it was also like the first like festival, like major gathering after COVID. And it was, oh yeah, yeah it was, it wasn't was it? So great. God, it was so good. And yeah. so I want to do more of those, like more like mixed festivals, not just mm -hmm. EDM specifically, but you know, I've, I mean, I've done my, I've done ultra, mm -hmm. you know, I was doing ultra in high school, you know, we're, yeah. take, we're taking the train there. That's back, what I'd love to hit. Yeah. Back before we were like, <laughs> I guess think about what we were doing in Miami at 18 or 15, 16 years yeah. old. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. How do we get away with how that? Do, how do we get away with it? How am I still alive? And, uh, <laughs> you know, why, like I tell people who aren't from Miami, these stories are like, I didn't start drinking until I went to college. Yeah. I'm like, well, Miami's a different kind of place. Yeah, it moves a little faster. Yeah. Yeah. But I can only handle maybe like a weekend when I'm yeah. out there. I've just I love it, but it's it's exhausting. Yeah, I haven't lived there for a while, man. I'm sure you get used to it growing up there. But. Yeah. I like to take the a lot of that culture, that that Hispanic culture, that city culture, I try to bring with me here and I you know, whenever I go home I try to do I try to have the most, you know, city day possible. Yeah. But I haven't lived there in so long, man. Sometimes you feel like you lose the you sometimes you feel like you lose your home, you know. When mm -hmm. you're not there for a while, it kinda sucks, but Miami's my city. I've got a tattooed on my leg. I love it. Yeah. Remember where you came from. Always. Yeah. If I get lost, my mom loves that one. She's like, that's my, it's like the city of Miami logo. She's yeah. like, Devin, that's on the trash cans. Like, <laughs> Whatever, mom, you'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the culture. Yeah. Come on. Well, speaking of things that started in Miami, I think you mentioned you have, so we haven't talked about this at all yet, but you have kind of a DJing side career I as well. Do. I think you started in Miami. You said. Yeah, I started DJing. I've been DJing for a few years now. Um, I started a little bit dabbling in it in my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Jacksonville and I was like, you know, I didn't really know anybody when I moved here. Yeah. Um, I moved here. I knew my brother. He moved here before I did. Okay. Um, Chris. Mm -hmm. And um, But you guys have a pretty big age difference. You said yeah. it's, what, like 13 years so, or so? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm young. He's old. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, he uh, he lived here, and I only know him and his wife, and um, just kind of 
moved here not knowing a soul, just my family, and lived in a one-bedroom apartment off Southside Boulevard. And I was like, man, I need to do something. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me. I didn't have my own equipment for DJing at the time, so I went out, bought my own speaker, bought my own turntable. I started doing apartment parties. I started doing, you know, just little frat parties here and there. Now, were you the guy that would be like on the ox all the time at the party already? Always. Yeah. Yeah. That's even, awesome. in, even in the car too. Yeah. You know, I just always needed to have the ox. I love you know, that. Control the party. That's how I like it. I love to do it, but it's a problem for me because I'll get on Spotify or something and then I'm just not doing anything during the party. I'm just, I'm basically like, I'm editing Cheering. the cue like every yeah. couple seconds, like yeah. I'm kind of assessing the vibe and yeah. like changing the cue around. I loved, I just love controlling the party. Yeah. I like controlling the mood. Bringing the good vibes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, a specific especially now like where it's more of like a side gig mm -hmm. um I, I wouldn't say i'm specifically one genre or not you know i'm you know i'll play the national anthem i'll play mm -hmm. damn, i love that i'll play <laughs> disco i'll play whatever i feel like playing whatever the vibes are called yeah, for I, I dj now um once twice a weekend i do like cool. ta i do tavern right now okay uh, tavern down at the beach oh really yeah, yeah yeah i got a tavern i do tavern almost every friday and saturday huh. yeah yeah that's do, cool do the tavern has gone crazy lately like the last year or two that's crazy because that's like around when i started <laughs> hey hmm. common theme here come to the jags start doing some graphic design I the mean, social media pops off hey <laughs> look i don't track patterns bro yeah. <laughs> But if I did, I'd start with me, you know, start <laughs> track the timeline, just saying. But yeah, I did that. And um, when I was in college, I was in fraternity. Mm -hmm. um, so I... Um, At UNF, you said, right? So interesting. I was... I People always ask this story. I was a UNF graduate, went to UNF, mm -hmm. but I was a pike at, okay. at Jacksonville University. Oh, okay. Um, How did that work? Yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty well. Uh, I mean, I... Like I said, when I started DJing, actually it was DJing that helped me kind of do that. I mm -hmm. met one of the founders of the chapter at the time. They had just getting the chapter up. Okay. Um, they invited me to come help them DJ. They would pay me to DJ their their parties, and mm -hmm. I did it for a while. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm transferring. They were like, dude, man, we, we want you to be a pike. Man, we like you. And I was like, I That's like awesome. this. I never none, none of my bros were frat bros. Mm -hmm. like, I was the first to – I'm actually the first to graduate in my of my siblings okay. uh, to get the degree. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the whole damn experience. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we want you to be in this fraternity. And I'm like, well, I don't go there. Like, And they're like, all right, we're going to see what we can do. So <laughs> they, they come back to me and they're like, hey, like we changed the rules. Like as long as you're attending a full-time university within X amount of miles of the of JU. Oh, that makes sense. We'll give you a bid. And I'm like, yeah. they're like, but if we give you a bid, you got to do it. I'll mm -hmm. never forget that. And, and so it was like, I was kind of like taken back that they like changed, that they did that for me. You know yeah. I mean? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to let y'all down. And so I did that. And they... Gave me the bid and they surprised me. Actually, at a party I was DJing, they like surprised awesome. me with a bid. It was awesome, and it made me love it even more. And then I did, yeah, I did it. I paid my, but I attended UNF and um, same I, city. Yeah, I same same kind not, of stuff not that to far do. Away, about twenty minutes apart, you know. Exactly. I, but I, yeah, I went to UNF, but I was a JU fraternity boy. I would drive there to meetings. <laughs> I was an exec. I did it all. I paid my dues. What position on exec? I was I, on exec in my fraternity. As well. I was social media chair for a while, and then cool. I was uh, VP of member development. So I oh, helped, that's an awesome. Yeah, position. like kind of just like ran, helped run some new member meetings here and there. Um, but it was fun. To, I mean, I wanted to be president, but yeah. I was like, you know what? Let me let somebody who actually goes to the school. I could tell you, president. Yeah, my like best friend in my fraternity was president, so we were on exec together. He was actually membership development, funny enough, mm -hmm. and then president the next term. And he was like a different person when he was president. Like, yeah. he's like this super charismatic, awesome guy, but he was stressed all the yeah. time. It was, yeah, it does something. My, to my you. little ended up becoming president. Um, uh, like maybe a year before I left or I forgot when he became president, but he ended up becoming the president. And I was just like, it, it was cool because I was like, hell yeah. Cause you kind of like want to, it was like a competition between brothers of like the guys that you bring in are usually the guys that end up being your little. So it's like exactly. seeing your little, like go off to be president. It's like, ha ha. That like, my little's a president. Suck it. Did something shout, right. Shout yeah. Out, shout out Evan. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I, uh, that was also really good too for DJing. So um, yeah. DJing, I was able to have the pull from both schools. You know, exactly. I was doing Mavericks back in the day. I was doing Oh, Mavericks was crazy. I was doing if you ever been to a Mavericks on a Thursday, there's a good chance your, yeah. boy, your boy was DJing in the top. Probably so. And we're the same age. So yeah, I probably was there for one of your DJs. Yeah, probably. Years. I did Myth. I actually got my start at Myth. 
Um, I've actually never been to Myth. I've heard it's pretty neat. There. It's pretty cool. It's like really one of the only clubs in Jacksonville that actually is, still stands the test. Mm -hmm. And it's like super cool. It's got the the long hallway with the lights, the the tree in the middle is what they're super iconic for. But I got That's my neat. start there. I actually remember I DM'd a promotion company. I was like, hey, I'm a young DJ. Just trying to get my start. I think you guys need any more DJs? Just let me know. And they're like, yeah, come on this Thursday. Started there and I grew and grew. That's awesome. Next thing you know, I'm doing, I remember we, for my fraternity, we would team up with like Social Academy and like we did uh, the tailgates for Florida, Georgia. Yeah. I remember one year we had, uh, we, we teamed, we like did one with Strata. And we, oh, did, really? and we did the one with like Ying Yang Twins. And what? dude, I opened up for Ying Yang Twins. That, what? Shit, that shit was awesome. Did and you get to meet them? Oh uh, yeah, I have a couple of videos of them in like the <laughs> That's back. Awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. They have the whisper song, right? Yeah, that yeah. Song is crazy. They have so many bangers. <laughs> um, but I've gotten to I mean, that's also another thing that like you know, it's funny because when people ask me about it, I, I don't really take it as seriously I do in my mind. Mm -hmm. But when I look back on my DJ career, I'm like, you kinda didn't. You some kinda, cool you moments. Did some yeah, cool shit. I, I didn't just do like events and stuff. I did weddings. That's right. Cool. I worked with a guy, actually a guy who really helped me a lot in my career was DJ, uh, his name's Jeff Bell. He has a Jeff Bell experience. Okay. He brought me on and I was like kind of the first to be in his company to where, cause now he has like four or five DJs under his like wing, but before it was oh, just him. Okay. And so me and him, he would send me out to do a gig. If he yeah. could do it, he would send me. He taught me how to do weddings. He really taught me crowd control. He really taught me mic control. Um, you know, he taught me what not to play at certain moments. So, and I made some good money working with him. Um, so I did that. And some of my other guys, I mean, Tay, who uh, used to run, or I don't know if he still does, uh, this company, We The Plug, which is like a promotion company, and they're like an event company. He helped me get started at Myth, and there's a lot of people. Like DJ Capone, who's like an old time, he's been around in Jacksonville for a while, been rocking the, the airways for a minute, man. He taught me a lot, too. So it's just, not, I've just met a lot of cool people on the way, a lot of cool experiences, and I'm still doing it now, you know, just... Um, it's a good side money, my shoot money. Fun to do, I'm sure too. Yeah, it yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm kind so of you, a, a kind of an attention freak, so I like yeah, to, <laughs> it's good for that. I like to be like in the middle, like yeah, <laughs> you know, jumping on tables. Oh, love it. You mentioned uh, that he taught you, you know, what to, what not to play in certain situations. Any moments that stick out as moments where you're like, oh, that was a miss. Man, that's a great question because I try to erase those from my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I do remember my first wedding that I did by myself. I was so I was gonna guess if anything if was, anything it was a wedding. It was this is a moment where it was like I can't believe it worked. Where it was like their the the couple wanted it was at Casa Marina. Mm -hmm. couple wanted, oh, that's a good spot. The, the couple wanted this song that was an upbeat song, not a slow mm -hmm. song. Like that was what they wanted their first dance to be. Of course, my board is acting up. My board is oh, no. every problem in the world. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, shit, shit. I'm freaking out. Yeah. My dad, my brother, and my sister-in-law decide to surprise me. And, <laughs> and they're up at the in the bar, in the yeah. upstairs bar, looking down. And I was like, start. so I'm stressing out because now my dad's watching. My dad used to be a wedding DJ. So oh, wow. So they're watching. <laughs> I'm like freaking out. It's my first wedding. And so I remember it's time for the first dance. I'm like, okay, I got the song queued up. I'm ready to go. I hit play. I had a I had a slow song <laughs> start a, sl a slow song start playing. I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And so they start dancing to it. I'm like, oh shit. And then I cut it to the song that they wanted, which was like an upbeat oh, song. I like that. But it was a mistake. Oh, yeah. My, like I wasn't supposed to do that. Like that's just what happened. That, I could see that working though. So yeah. And so <laughs> uh, I didn't tell my boss that. Yeah. I didn't tell my boss that happened. But then like a week after the wedding he they get a review yeah like they put they wrote a review about me and they were like oh Devin, he was so great and um we love especially what he did where he like played a, a slow song and but then he played our like upbeat song it was yeah. so great and it tricked everybody it was so good yeah. and he was like you didn't tell me you did that i, was like, <laughs> I it was an accident but i guess <laughs> they, they liked it so it was just like one of those like oh my god I can't believe yeah. that worked. In the moment, you were probably like, oh, my God. Yeah, but it worked, and they loved it, and, and that was my first wedding experience. It's like high stakes, too, because it's someone's wedding, it's so you're like probably the, like, it's like the nothing can go wrong. Dude, weddings, man, that's why I am kind of don't really do them anymore. Yeah, I could see they that. They bring some, I mean, dude, they're stressful. That's somebody's yeah. day. And how many times you go to a wedding, and you look at the DJ, and you're like, this guy's a dick. Yeah, you know? that's you're so like, true. You're like, oh, man, I can't believe this guy's playing this music. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so... You are on everybody's radar. You want to make everybody's going to judge you right off the rip, right when they walk in the building. And it's so personalized to like the type of wedding. Like you're not going to really know that going in unless you and know. And the, a wedding is a gathering of every type of person. So it's like playing the music that like is not just going to get 
one person going, but it's got to get the whole room going. Or else exactly. Like, you always remember the, you always, to me, I always remember the DJ. And if yeah. it's or not. And I'm always Absolutely. like, oh, this song sucks. Yeah. Or man, this guy's a dickhead on the mic. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is their day. If you fuck it up, it's your fault. You if know? you had to pick one go-to song, like you're kind of in a corner, you, you have to, one go-to song. What <laughs> to is get it? everybody moving? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sure you've got a few, but. Yeah, I mean. I'm trying to think like at tavern, like what, like if I'm running out, like yeah. what do I play to get the crowd on my side? <sighs> Two tracks, Gold Digger mm -hmm. by Kanye. Oh yeah, Gold oh, Digger yeah. by Kanye gets them going every time. I love it. Uh, actually, three Party in the USA. Yep. Oh, Party, always Party in the USA. You got the because it's not just about waving the hands. Right. It gets everyone's move. Well, everyone gotta, moving. You can't just get the like. My goal is to talk to the women. I don't mm -hmm. give a, I don't give a shit what the men want to hear. Yeah, the, whatever the women want to hear, that's what's gonna get. They the lead the charge. Are, yeah, right. Girls are dancing, guys are dancing. And exactly. Then, and then everybody's dancing. Uh, or Dancing Queen by ABBA. Nice. <laughs> I love that song too. Oh I play yeah. That one on my own. I also play a lot of Spanish music. So nice. And I think that's what you kind of mix it in a little bit with mm -hmm. the other stuff. I actually have like whole segments, and I've actually noticed within like my time at Tavern how much of a crowd is coming just to hear the Latin music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause there's not really any bars I could think of that play Latin music specifically, at least on the, that's music. true. I mean, they might play a couple songs here and there, mm -hmm. but I get into like a bit more of the deeper cuts, the yeah. older tracks, like the throwbacks. It is usually just like the very surface level stuff. Yeah, like Gasolina, hips don't lie. Couple, like maybe the latest bad bunny track. Right. Or something, right. Like, but I'll play, I'll play some deep bad bunny. You know, I try yeah. to, I try to, I try to mix it up because I, you know, I'm Latino myself. So I, mm -hmm. and I love that type of music. It's the, it's danceable. Like it's just dance, it's naturally, dance music. it's just dance music exactly. is what it is. So why am I not going to play stuff that's going to get everybody moving? I don't care if you're. I'll get on the mic and be like, "All right, come on, white people, come <laughs> on, move those hips, baby." You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're, they're just. Uh, <laughs> it's fun, man. I, I do love it. I do love it. There's days where I'm like, Ugh, I really want to stay in on a Friday night, but then I'll get there and it'll just go so great. Yeah, the crowd is singing. I'll cut the music and I'll hear them singing along and like that brings me like energy it's like yeah. yeah you know and for me to give some context to all the non-jacksonville locals i mean i've been going to tavern for maybe five years or so now and it used to be like the spot i mean it was one of like the main ones always but it used to be the spot where it was like ah, i don't know about tavern like maybe i'll go me, me included last like <laughs> two years i want to say it sounds like since you took over like the last time I was in town and tried to go out there, I couldn't even get in because the line was too long. Yeah. So it's yeah. props to you. Thank you. Yeah. So do you see uh, do you see it as something you would ever travel for, the DJ? Or do you like it being kind of like a local thing that's a side gig for you? I mean, if the money's right, yeah. do it, man. Right opportunity. But like I said, thing. whenever I think about my DJing career, I, I talk about it like it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's very, you know, I have friends. Because it's not your main career. Right, it's not. And I've met so many cool, like, DJ friends along the way. I have so many people I've met in the industry that when I see them, you know, they know that I, it's kind of, you know, you don't want to get known as being the, like, guy who just plays the top 40, which is what I do. You know, like, I, I play, I'm the freestyle, what is it called? A free form, I guess, music style where I'll mm -hmm. play whatever comes up. And I have guys who are just strictly dubstep or house. and But, you know, we all, there is a mutual respect. I mean, I'm sure I got clowned, you know, like, oh, Devin at Tavern is going to play fucking Party in the USA again. Yeah. Like, well, you know what? Party in the USA gets me paid. It works. Gets me paid, and I have fun. And I think if you've been to Tavern, you understand that it's just fun. Like, I just like that. I just like it because it's fun. It's all about dancing, too. Yeah, it's fun, man. Yeah. Okay. No one's going there for the super deep cuts. People are going there to shake some hips. Right, right. Exactly. I would say that entire beach bar scene, to be honest. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. Yeah. Anyone that comes to mind as, like, the dream artist for you to open up for if you did, if you got the opportunity? I love house music, man. I'm a big Fisher. Love nice. Fisher. I'm actually going to go see Swedish House Mafia very soon. I oh, probably, awesome. I would probably never open it for Swedish House Mafia because I play Party in the USA. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love Swedish House Mafia. I love Fisher. I was. I grew up on, I mean, shit, I, that's the kind of stuff I grew up. Like, the guys when I would go to Ultra were like Tiesto. Those were the headliners. Mm -hmm. Tiesto, like Carnage. Like, those were the guys oh, that yeah. were headlining at the time. Feed Legrand and... Uh, Nicky Romero, I saw Avicii, I saw oh, them, wow. I saw, you know, so like those were like the guys that I, you know, that back when EDM was yeah. like still kind of in that growth, but now mm -hmm. it's a part of everything that we do, you know, I mean, Drake yeah. put out the house album, yeah, which I like it a lot, by the way. I like it too, you know, hot take, a lot of people didn't like it because it's very chill, but I, I think it's great. Yeah, I, I play it, I'll, I mean, it's it's vibes, it's summer vibes. Yeah, you know? one thing that about it that 
I feel like it works almost like front to back. You could just start it from the beginning, no let it go all the way through. No skips. No exactly. Skips. It's like, no skips. it's just good vibes and, all the way through. And like you hear Drake's voice. And I think people just like associate Drake's voice with like a good song. Mm-hmm. So if you hear Drake's voice, they know the, track, the bangers. I felt comfortable when I put it on. I was like, I could rock with this. Exactly. So I, I was actually more skeptical about his album before that. So this one, I agree I, with th- that assessment. One, I was more yeah. like, I was more like hardcore judging the last album, mm-hmm. but you put out this one. I was like, yeah, Drake. This is okay. nice. All right. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. Pe- people just didn't like it because it wasn't what they were expecting from Drake, but I feel like that's a sign of a good artist too. Yeah, if you can right. change things up, put out things in a different way. I mean, people successful. were pissed off at the Beatles for putting out Sgt. Pepper. You know? Yeah. And that's now one of the greatest albums of all time. Not there saying that's not saying that's what that it's going to be, but that's just, who knows? So another thing I wanted to ask you is just, you know, you mentioned you've kind of been in this creative field for a while now. And it's, if you kind of zoom out of the specific things you're doing, you know, the, in general, you're a creative, um, and you're, you're kind of making that a profession. What are some general tips and just wisdom that you've gained along the way, being a creative, being in that space that, that you think apply to the creative field as a whole? Sure. Um, I think of, I see myself as a, I'm still a rookie in this game. You know, I really have only been in this world for not even five years, you know, Mm -hmm. not even three years, actually. Yeah. But I feel like I've been able to do a lot. Um, uh, One, if you're a sports creative, it's a tough industry to get into. I would say just be prepared to start from the bottom. You know, I would be say, be prepared to work your way up the ladder. And everybody's ladder is different, Uh, whether you have a degree or not, whether you're a videographer, a photographer, you know, everybody's ladder is different, but just be prepared to start from the bottom. And, and, and so that way, when you're at the top of your ladder, you can look down and be like, damn, like, look how far I, I got up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So just, just be ready to start, start below and always just be ready, mm-hmm. be available. Uh, don't just hone in on one craft. Cause I think a true creative is somebody who can dabble mm-hmm. in all who can pivot a little bit too. And who can, you could take a photo, you know, you can edit a photo, you can edit a video, you know how to work almost all those programs. I would say just don't be afraid to expand past what you think you're the best at. I like that. Yeah. And from your experience working on the Jags social media team, it definitely sounds like you have to have that ability right. on a dynamic team like that. I mean, things are moving fast. And right. you, I think you mentioned earlier, you were taking one of the TikToks, you were filming it, even mm-hmm. though you're the graphic design guy. Yeah. yeah. And it did really well because you you were able to just pivot and, you know, cover something that wasn't necessarily, if you really like outline exactly your, your job description, just sticking to that is not going to yeah. bring you the best my, stuff. My job. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You should never like, at least in my field, I've learned that your job description doesn't mean that you're not going to do more than that. If you're not ready to go above and beyond, you're not going to get far because you got to show, you got to create value. Exactly. Yourself. Like I believe I've created a lot of value for myself in this team. And, mm-hmm. I've, and with that comes a lot of like I've earned the respect of the people with the who pay the bills and people who make those big decisions. And I get brought in on a lot of big time projects. So I feel like if you're like if it wasn't for the way that I was when I was an intern, I wouldn't have that trust now. Mm-hmm. If I didn't go, nobody told me to do this, but I'm going to do this. I wouldn't be where I'm at. So, yeah, and I'm still doing that today. You know, that's still something that. I think I'm pretty good at is just being self-motivated, self-driven, um, and do not just what is in the description on LinkedIn, you know, like what's, what is, a, what is asked of me? I will, I will do my best to get done. Be ready, add value and do more than the description. Yeah. I like Swiss it. Swiss army. Be a Swiss army. Absolutely. Yeah. So another question I like to ask is if you could go back in time to, you know, young Devin, as he was getting into the industry, maybe like what you first picked up, your first graphic design program or, or your first DJ turntable, you know, whatever you got into first, what are some tips, you know, just in the creative field in general, what are some tips that you would give him having learned the things that you've learned now Hmm. that you think would serve him well and allow him to do things a little bit better, a little bit differently? Hmm. Such a good question. I would think like Devin, like maybe Devin from like five years ago would look at the Devin now and go, damn Devin, you did it. Yeah. You know, like, I think that Devin, 20-year-old Devin would have been like, damn, dude, good shit. But then I think about what would 30-year-old, what's 30-year-old Devin going to say to 25-year-old Devin? Exactly. So I think I would tell younger Devin to chill, 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be all right. You know, just I was, keep at I was it. always really stressed about my career and my future and which in retrospect is not the worst thing in the world. You should, if you're, if you're passionate about it, you should be worried. But I would just tell him, man, it's, I, I just want to be like, I told you, Yeah. you know, like I told you it's going to be all right. It's going to work out. Yeah. And just do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's like one thing I always do too, is like, you know, in, when you go to school, like professors, parents, they're going to tell you to do things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Just do whatever you want. Listen, you know, don't, don't ignore people, hear what they have to say. But at the end of the day, just do whatever the hell you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. That's just how I've gone to where I've been as just like, I'm like, I'm going to make this because I think it's good because I think it's funny. And, and that's going to lead into your passion, which is just going to give you the best work. Yeah, exactly. And be passionate. And that's one thing I don't think I had to tell 20 year old Devin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope, and, and you know, when we talk about, you know, talking to younger selves, I hope I can look at when I'm 30 and I can look at 25 year old Devin on this podcast, go back and watch it and go, damn, 25 year old Devin said he made it, you know? Yeah. So, like I said, I'm and now I'm here. Another question. I'm going to ask this one kind of for the first time, hopefully make this a, an ongoing segment for these interviews, Cool. but this is called profession session, right? right? I'm curious what being a professional means to you, because I feel like it's a different thing for everyone. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, professionals have a professional could be anything. And, and I think in every industry, it's going to, you're going to get a different answer from everybody. Right. I would say a professional to me is a confident person who a hundred percent owns their craft and whatever that may be. The person who has the confidence in themselves, able to work with others and maybe isn't, maybe isn't a, a super leader, um, but is, has leadership qualities. Mm-hmm. So I think just being able to lead, being confident and being a master in your skill as a professional. Even it's if, something you, you can always aspire towards becoming right. more and more of a master. Right. And even if you, uh, you got to kind of fake it till you make it in some industries. And I would say in the DJ world is one of those industries where you got to fake it till you make it. And, um, I think if conf- confidence is a great, if, you know, if you, if you go up and you own what you do, mm-hmm. nobody's going to question you. Yeah. Nobody's going to question you. When you put on a, a slow song on accident and then have to switch <laughs> it to the next song, just, you got to own it. Just own that, <laughs> own that moment. When I go up there and I play uh, dance with somebody or I play yeah. some disco and I'm up there dancing to it, mm-hmm. they're like, all right, this is it. You know, This is what we're if doing. I, if I make a graphic that I think is uh, a little bit risque, but... Mm-hmm. I convince them and they, they, you know, like I said, I have a lot of, there's a lot of trust in that building and they're going to go with it. And if it, when it works, you just hold on to that receipt. So they question you later, you show them. I meant to ask you about that earlier. Cause you were mentioning like not every project's going to get approved. And I would imagine it does come down to the ones that are a little more risque. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that more and more with different teams. Now, any that stand out in particular that were ones that you were like, let's see if we can get this approved. I don't know if we'll get it approved, but it did. But and it, it did. worked. I would say actually our most recent one was Club Duval. Club Duval. Was, I didn't catch that actually. So Club Duval, it was during our media day. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw any of the pictures where the guys were sitting behind the neon yeah. sign and stuff. So that was like um, an idea that my actual, that our uh, director had, our director of social had about like, I, so at media day is the day where teams take all the photos of like them in uniform. We get videos we have like a cool stage set up where we can like film like hype set stuff like oh get loud get loud like stuff to play in the in bowl mm-hmm. and so we were like all right well last year an issue we had was that um there was a lot of people like there it got like the main stage where they would film the stuff would get backed up so we're like what if we had like a waiting room area right like what if we had this area that like people can hang out in while they waited to go upstairs We'd call it, oh man, what if we made it like a club, like Club Duval? Like, what if, we, what if cool. we like, we just got this neon sign? Yeah. We're like, that's ours. So we can mm-hmm. do something with it. Like, what if we like set up a little like kind of selfie cam area with like ring lights? Uh, we'll get a ping pong table set up. And like, we had this whole idea. It was unsponsored, untouched. Yeah. And I never been, I had never seen another team do it before. Mm-hmm. Pretty much just a content capturing room, right? Yeah. But content right. capturing room, but make it a party. But make it fun, right? Yeah. We had music playing. We had we had Madden set up. We had a 360 cam pinball machine. We had a dog come in and play, played with a dog. You know, like it, we had them put on pit vipers. We took Polaroids. It was just like an opportunity to like capture a bunch of content. And yeah. we went to people with this idea. You know, some people really liked it. Some people had a hard time grasping it, mm-hmm. right? But when we did it and it came to life, you know, 
we shocked people. People were like, I had no idea it was going to be like that. And it's so great. And like, we're going to be able to use the content that we got from that little room, mm -hmm. you know, maybe under $5,000 $5, budget on that. Yeah. Room. Got cut big time too. And we made it happen and we got a lot out of it. So that was just one of those, like, let's just throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah. And it stuck. And, That's I think awesome. and now I think it'll become something that we do every year. And I think it'll just going to get bigger and better. And, Hopefully, we're going to be able to squeeze and milk that content all year. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Yeah. I love out. the idea. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's It was a, such a small little idea, but that's why that's why I, I say that like I love working with who I work with because I couldn't do that stuff without them, you know? Mm -hmm. and so it's just, it's just so great to see that kind of stuff come to life. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Devin, anything else you want to leave the audience with? Um, well, if you want to see my portfolio, you just go to at Jaguars. I'm just kidding. Uh, you could, <laughs> no, you could. I was going to say you could plug anything you want to, and I'll put it in the description. Oh, too. sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, follow my I have two um, accounts I use uh, at Devin Carvajal, C-A-R-V-A-J-A-L. That's my main personal account. You could watch me do ridiculous things on there, like yeah. slide down slides and <laughs> be shirtless. Or uh, you can follow my art page, which is where I post a lot of my uh, designs from the Jags or photos that I take from the Jags, things like that. And that's at Carvajal Designs. I also do freelance work too. So if you're looking for a logo, uh, we're in Andy Varnes' studio. You did his Varnes Media logo I, and that's awesome. I yeah. did, yeah. Um, so I've done a few brands around town, but if you know, you're know you needing a logo, I'm open for freelancing, especially right now before it gets crazy. So if mm -hmm. you know, you're needing some work done, hit your boy up. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on here. This has been awesome. Yeah, this has been great. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, look forward to it. Awesome. Seeing it. This has been Profession Session. I've been your host, Brody Vinson. My guest has been Devin Carvajal yep. of the Jaguars, of Carvajal Designs, of DJing a Tavern, of <laughs> whatever he wants to do. Whatever I'm, whatever I'm on today. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to go ahead and sign off there. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. Stay tuned for new episodes every week and short clips of deep dives into specific topics that I put out on different social media channels. We can be found on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, all major podcast platforms. You can find my guest in the details of this video or podcast. And if you happen to know a young standout business owner, professional, or entrepreneur that you would think would be a good fit for profession session dm me or get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know and they could be the next to tell their story here until next time again this has been profession session stay focused stay hustling and stay networking